Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, Welcome to Beyond the Mask. I'm Jeremy Stanley, and I've been working with CRNAs for over 23 years, and I'm married to one. And my co-host is... Sharon Pierce. Sharon's a practicing CRNA for 20-plus years, a past president of the AANA, the NCANA, and has held many leadership roles. In fact, a lot of our listeners know who Sharon is, and lucky to have her here with me today. Oh, my God. Absolutely. (laughs) Our goal with every episode is to educate and enlighten CRNAs. And we have a very special guest today. And the special guest that we have is Jeremy Stanley, my co-host. Are you saying special in a bad way or good way? We're going to just leave it at special. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have begun a series on retirement, and we have a lot of things to cover. And so this is a continuation. This is number two in the series, in the retirement series. So how about we go ahead and just kick it off? Yeah, Sharon. You know, last time we talked about a lot of the demographics and where CRNAs are currently and that half of CRNAs are going to retire. And, you know, the, in the next half. 10 years, the other half are going to work and, yeah. you know, carry us on. But for the next 10 years, you know, we're looking at about half of the membership retiring. And there are a lot of things that you need to do to be prepared and be ready for retirement. And I think, you know, last time we covered a lot of different topics and I think we stopped on a topic of of long-term care insurance and planning for long-term care. Today we're going to switch gears a little bit and we're going to talk about a Roth. And that's, I had no idea we could utilize Roth, so I am anxiously awaiting this conversation. Well, yeah, and it's interesting because Roth has really changed the game mm-hmm. when it comes to retirement planning. We also talked about, you know, being able to utilize assets to plan for health care in retirement last time. Which right, Roth, the subsidies. Yeah. That, if, listen, folks, if y'all did not listen to the last one, you need to go and listen to that episode because it was enlightening i had no idea anything like that existed yeah and the roth can play such a significant role and you know unfortunately a lot of people think that when i'm saving for retirement i want to get the deduction now right and that's not always the right way so you know if we think about where we are in our economy right now okay We're in a pretty low tax environment by historical standards. Absolutely. So whenever you say now, 401ks are now. 
Yeah, well, what I'm saying is, you know, as far as getting the tax deferment, right? Exactly. That's what I'm getting. Exactly. 401k, 403b, pre-tax retirement plans. Okay, so you're you're putting it in there pre-tax now. You're taking the deduction today, but if we look, you know, historically, our tax rates have been a lot higher than they are currently in 2019. Okay, and if you really think about it, think about our economy. Think about the amount of debt that our country owes. Right. Think about the problems with health care, Medicare, Social Security, and all the other entitlement issues out there right now. Those are going to have to be shored up some way. Right. Where do you think that money's going to come from? Off somebody's back. There you go. It's going to come from tax revenue. I mean, the government can't just print more money. I mean, if they could. Well, they did. They did. But, they did, and um, it got us in a boatload of, co- of trouble. Yeah, but I mean, if we really look at it, you know, in the future, tax rates are probably going to be higher than they are today. Well, everybody wants the welfare state. They just don't want to pay for it. Well, exactly. We all want free stuff, but the yeah. money's got to come from somewhere. Absolutely. So, you know, and that's the idea behind the Roth is let's forgo the tax bill today. Okay. Okay. So we're getting a tax deduction today, but if we put it in the Roth, then we're paying taxes on it today, but it grows tax deferred. Right. And you pull it out tax free. Okay. So. You pay taxes on it now. Correct. And it compound interest. Compounds interest, yep. And then you don't have to pay taxes on it. Then? Don't have to pay taxes on the back end. And that's when you can when can you draw that out? Five years or fifty nine and a half. So you had to have a Roth open for a minimum of five years. So in other words, I need to open one uh now. Bingo. If you don't have one open, I don't. The smart idea is to at least establish a Roth IRA. You don't have to have you know, a ton of money in it. You can put a hundred bucks in it, but establish that five-year date. Why have you not told me about this before? I know you've done Roths uh, <laughs> for my kids because whenever my dad, before my dad died, he gave them money, and I know that you did Roths for them. I thought we had talked about this year. Uh, no. Yeah. Well, Maybe I was asleep. <laughs> but yeah, make sure you establish that Roth okay. IRA. Well, we're talking after this podcast. Absolutely. So, you know, the Roth IRA can play many different roles for you. One, are we going to be in a lower tax environment or higher tax environment? And in no way am I telling everyone to take 100% of your retirement contributions sure. and put it in a Roth. But the fact is, is we don't know what the future holds. So you really should be splitting your money in some Roth and some pre-tax. And in fact, nowadays, a lot of 401k and 403b providers are offering what they call a Roth 401k or Roth 403b. So that $19,000 that you can contribute as an employee if you're under age 50 or $25,000 over, you can choose how you want that money to go. I want the tax deduction today goes in pre-tax, or I don't, it goes into Roth. So you said you can start one with $100. Can you just keep putting money in it, start one at $100, and just, yeah. how does that work? And that's a Roth IRA. Okay. Okay, so we've got... This is different. Different. Okay. So we've got several different well, things. Maybe we've that's... got a, a Roth IRA, and then we've got a Roth provision on a retirement plan at work. Okay. okay. I don't even know if we have one of those. A provision. Yeah, that'd be something to check on. Let me write um, this down. So, yeah, can you put money in it? But, you know, typically, 
as a planning mechanism, you should be contributing some amount to that Roth. And then if you don't have that at work, what do you do, Sharon? Because most CRNAs make right. too much money That's there you the go, piece to contribute to the Roth IRA, right? Right. Because there is a cutoff, and what is that There cutoff? is. If you're married, filing joint, it's 203000 Okay. And single is 137000 Okay. So is that pre-tax? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's your uh, adjusted gross income. Okay. Okay. So, but if you find yourself in that situation and you do not have a plan at work that right. allows for Roth contributions, there's something else that you can do. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. It's called a backdoor Roth. <laughs> Slip it in through the back door. You I know? like it. So, I like it. But basically, and and I can have a backdoor Roth. Well, let's talk about that. Okay, so I knew there had to there be. There are some caveats. Yes. But the backdoor Roth IRA works like this: you can actually contribute to a non-deductible IRA. So right now, Sharon, you're working. You've got your plan at work. You don't qualify to do a deductible IRA each year. Okay. Because you have a retirement plan and you make too much money. Okay. Okay. You make it sound like a bad thing. (laughs) It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. But the way around that is to do a non-deductible. So the IRS says you can still put it in. You just can't tax deduct it. Okay. And so let's say you were going to do $5,000 this year. Okay. Okay. You could put $5,000 in a non-deductible IRA. And then you could immediately convert that to a Roth IRA. <laughs> well, that Hence sounds a little sneaky. Back door. Or sneaky Roth. Sneaky Roth. Hey, I like that. The sneaky uh-huh. Roth. Now, the IRS hasn't given any guidance on this. They haven't told us we can do it. They haven't told us you really can't do it. Okay. Okay. So like you it. need to check with your tax advisor, your financial advisor, and make sure they're comfortable with this strategy. So you do backdoor Roths? Well, in the right situation, we do. Okay. But there is a caveat to that as well. Of course there is. So if you have an IRA currently, then the IRS has a calculation you have to do because you cannot take 100% of that money and convert it over to a Roth. You can only take a percentage. So let's say you had $100,000 in an IRA and you wanted to put $5,000 from your after-tax that you just put in and convert it over, they do a calculation, and you won't get very much money into that Roth that way. So the whole idea behind this is if you don't have an IRA, that's when this strategy works. Or if you are a self-employed CRNA, and you have a self-employed 401k plan. Okay. Then you could take your IRA, roll it into your self-employed 401k plan, and then you qualify to do the backdoor Roth because you no longer have that IRA. Sounds a little complicated. Can be. Can be pretty complicated. But the idea here is, one, that Roth is going to play a significant role as we move forward. Okay. Because think about it this way. Let's say you put $5,000 in a Roth this year, and you're not going to retire for 20 or 30 years. And you've got to wait five years anyway. Well, you got to wait five years to take out the 
interest portion. Okay. Not the amount that you put in. All right. Okay. But let's say you put that five thousand in, you wait twenty or thirty years, and that five thousand grows to two hundred and fifty thousand. Right. Would you rather pay tax on five thousand? Or two hundred and fifty thousand. Well, is this a trick question? I mean, you know, some people might rather pay it. I don't know. Me and you personally, I don't think we want mm. to. So that's the whole idea behind the Roth. And then the other thing is, in retirement, the government is looking for ways to find revenue. Okay. Surprise. Imagine how many trillions of dollars are sitting out there in retirement plans. What do you think? When the government goes through and they look at budgets and they see all this money that's been tax deferred in retirement plans, and they say, one day we're going to get that revenue. Mm-hmm. How can we get our hands on that revenue sooner? Hmm. So all of us have been sort of programmed to put everything in pre-tax. Right. Well, what they're doing now is, and we're going to talk about Social Security today, but did you know that the more money you make in retirement when you start drawing Social Security. And and by the way, Sharon, what is Social Security? Oh, well, now you've put me on the hot spot. It's a tax, Uh, right? Basically, for the working class. Yeah, Social Security is a tax. Well, did you know that if you make too much taxable income in retirement, they tax that tax again? I also am not surprised. Yeah. So... And the other thing we talked about on the last episode was Medicare. Well, remember, the more taxable income you have when you're drawing Medicare, guess what? The more your premiums go up for Medicare. Mm -hmm. So what other things in the future are they going to tie to our taxable income in retirement? That's why Roth makes so much sense, because we don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. But we do know that the government's looking for revenue, and they're trying to find places to get it. We just want to be prepared and say, okay, well, in those scenarios, I can control my taxable income if I need to, because I've got this Roth money, where I've got other assets that I can pull from that aren't going to be taxable to me in retirement. Interesting. Yeah. So backdoor Roth, again, I know that was a little convoluted. We talked about a lot of stuff. It is it is a little complicated. But a lot of CRNAs who don't think that they can qualify to do a Roth IRA can now qualify. And especially if you're a 1099 CRNA, you can set up a solo 401k, and you can contribute either to pre-tax or post-tax Roth in that 401k. You could roll your IRAs over into that 401k and even do the backdoor Roth through that. Interesting. So a lot of planning opportunities for folks. We need to talk. So let's talk about the other tax, Social Security. Uh, Social Security. You know, a lot of folks think Social Security is not that important. Not that important in what regard? Well, in a planning perspective. You know, we we find with a lot of our CRNAs, especially the younger CRNAs, that they don't want to count on Social Security. They don't think it's going to be around. Well, they've Um, been saying that for a long time, but I'm not too sure that consumers would be thrilled about Social Security going away. And, you know, they are the people who deal with that, and I'm talking about politicians, have to be elected. So... I know this has been a topic of conversation. I know a lot of people talk about it. I'm just not sure that that will ever happen. Now, I'm not saying it can't go bankrupt. Yeah. 
Well, and I'm with you, Sharon. I don't think that the government can make a commitment like that and then renege on it because they are politicians and they want to get votes. But I do think that Social Security is going to change. Oh, um, I, and it has to change. I agree. Um, there's going to be something that has to sure up the system because the system is broken right now. And that's either going to be tax increases, which are probably going to come, hence my comment earlier about being in a higher tax environment as we move forward, and or decrease in benefits. Now, one of the theories out there for Social Security is, and here we go back to that taxable income again, Sharon. Right. The more taxable income you have, could they say, well, you don't need that Social Security as much, and we're going to cut back the amount that you get because your taxable income is too high. Again, there are theories out there. What are they going to do? Nobody knows because they haven't even really undertook what this means. But we do know there's a problem. So being able to plan for that and look at opportunities out there, I think, are very, very important. Planning for the unknown. Planning for the unknown. That's what Absolutely. you do every day. That's what you have so to So what do. are some important ages we need to remember? Well, the first important age is age 62. At age 62, you're actually able to start drawing your Social Security, albeit at a reduced rate. Yeah, I want to talk about this. My dad had a theory on this. Oh, okay. So keep going. Your dad and we'll had a lot of theories. Well, my dad was a very <laughs> smart man. He was an extremely man. smart man. Absolutely. So 62 is the year that you can first start drawing benefits. Now, you take a reduced rate at age 62. And a lot of folks think, you know, Social Security comes at age 65 now. Well, unfortunately, for most people, 65 is not the full benefit year anymore. Oh, really? They I have, think I'm 67. Y- you are. You are. So, and it, it moves up 66, 66 and a half, 67. I'm 67 as well. So that means you have to pay for part of your benefits. Is that what well, that means? No, basically what it means is that if I want to get my full retirement benefit, I have to wait till age 67. I can still take it at 62, but it's a reduced amount. And every year I wait after my full retirement, it increases by 8% per year up to age 70. So let's say for round numbers, I was going to get $2,000 a month. Then the next year it would go up by 8%, the next year 8 so another 24%. If I waited till age 70. Right. But But I'm also three years closer to dying. Right. Well, (laughs) let's talk about daddy's theory. He says that you should always start taking at the age of 62. Hmm. And he did the math for me and showed me that that was the case. Because if you defer it till 65, 66, 67, okay, that's five years times 12 months. And he did the math. Yep. And And usually your break-even is late 70s if you take it early. Now, what that doesn't factor in is the inflation factor that you might get along the way and so forth. And for some people, 62 is the right number. For others, it might make sense for them to wait. Let me give you a scenario. Let's say you're the only person that works in your household. And let's say Pierce didn't work. Well, then your Social Security amount's going to be greater than his, right? Well... Yes, well, it will be anyway. Yeah, it will be anyway. But let's say he was a little younger than you, say five, ten years younger than you. Then guess what? I should have done that. 
if something happens to you, you don't get both spouses' Social Security. You only get the greater spouse's Social Security. So what that means is if Pierce didn't work, he was a homemaker, he stayed at home, and he took care of the kids, he would get half of your benefit. So let's just say 2000 would be yours. He'd get 1000 You pass away. His 1000 goes away. He gets $2,000 for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. So you see how that could affect people negatively in their retirement planning. If you've been basing your retirement plan on getting 3000 right. and now you're only getting two. So a lot of times it, there might be a good strategy there to wait and let yours continue to grow. But you, you top out at some point. At age 70. No, can't. but I'm talking about what you get back. There's a top. Well, there's a maximum benefit, but even at the maximum benefit, it grows by 8% per year until age 70. Okay. Yeah. So you might get, you know, for a typical CRNA who waits till full retirement age, they're going to be somewhere in that 2500 2800 a month. Mm-hmm. And if you wait, they're going to be in that 3200 to 3400 a month. Okay. Yeah. Well, do the math in your head. If you wait that long and you're only waiting for four or five hundred dollars more a month, right? But you're ten years down the road, right? Right. right. Okay. So, do the math. Well, it'd be more than four or five hundred, though. But okay. but you have to do the calculation. Yeah. And if you've got a younger spouse who you want to provide for, well, it might be, be better you. to wait. Absolutely. See, there you go. That'd be you. (laughs) So Social Security, again, is one of those. It really does take a plan. Everybody's situation is going to be different. You know, some people should absolutely start it early. It just makes sense. You know, another thing, if you've got a CRNA who's retiring but still says, you know what, maybe I'll work a couple days a month. Mm -hmm. Well, if you take Social Security at 62, you can only earn about $17,000 before they start taking money away from you. So Is that's that seventeen thousand dollars a month. Or <laughs> no, no, that's a year. Seventeen thousand. Oh well. So you can see pretty quickly there how that wouldn't work. My, there goes my theory, huh? Yeah. So if you're going to continue to work, it makes no sense to take it early, right? As a CRNA, some people if right. they're only going to work at uh, you know you know somewhere that they're not going to make but ten or twelve dollars an hour and just work a few hours a week. Right. Keep so peers could start at sixty-two. Yeah, potentially. And then I'll die before him, and so then he gets mine. (laughs) That's right. That's the way he's planned it. (laughs) I'm taking the propofol out of the house, I'm telling you. Okay. So, all right. Let's talk about income sources. Yeah, and this is is a big one, Sharon. Okay. Um, You know, when you're looking at retirement planning, one of the first things you've got to figure out is where that income is going to come from. We mentioned Social Security. And for most people, and they don't realize it, Social Security is a million-dollar benefit. Wow. Yeah. I don't even think I realized it. So if you think about that, you know, how much money am I going to get over my lifetime from Social Security? And how much would I have to have in a pot to generate this amount of money? It's a lot. It's six figures easily Mm -hmm. for most people. You know, go back to my idea at the beginning of the annuity annuity at the first episode. So if you're going to generate for CRNAs, let's just call it $30,000 a year. How much do you have to have in a pot to generate $30,000? We've got to have $600,000 plus. So this benefit is a big benefit. Right. And people need to treat it as such and understand what they're getting and what they're giving up. And unfortunately, there's a lot of bad information and advice out there. 
So income sources. You know, you know, we always talk to our clients and CRNAs, how much do you want to replace of your income? And then they start to look like you're looking at me right now. You know? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. But you know, what does that lifestyle entail? And you know, how much have you saved in your retirement plan and how much should you be saving along the way? Well, I think times have changed from when Social Security was established because the feeling was by the time you reach retirement, your home was paid for. Right. And in this day and age, that's not necessarily the case. No, and a lot of people don't have their home paid for going into retirement. And they're sandwiched between their kids and their grandkids and, you know, I mean, there's just... Parents and taking care of their their parents parents live that long. Yeah, I mean, so it's definitely a different environment. But most people need to plan to replace somewhere between 50, 55, and 80, 85% of their income that they had prior to retirement. Okay. Um, You know, I would say most of our CRNA clients come to us and they want somewhere between eight to $12,000 a month in retirement after tax. Okay. okay. Somewhere in that neighborhood. So around a hundred to $140,000, $150,000 a year. And where are they going to get that money from? Social Security, obviously, mm-hmm. is going to be one. A pension. There's, There's not a one. lot of those out Mm-mm. there. Nope, not anymore. No, and the ones that are out there, as you and I talked about before, what are they doing to them? Right. Yeah, they're getting rid of them sure as fast they as they can. I know. It was a hard decision when we got rid of the one that we had at the AANA for the employees. But yeah, those pensions are going away. And that future liability sits on the books, and it's um, it's, it's Well, the tough... 401ks, they just put the liability of the market on to the individual versus the pension. The corporation had the liability. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that then, sounded pretty smart, didn't it? That did. That was good. You did a great job of that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, and, and a lot of our CRNAs are ex-military, so they've right. got some military benefits. That And they were smart. Uh, they were smart. Let me tell you what. If I was 30 years younger, 35 years younger, I so would have done that. Yeah, it's a great way to go to get a good education, get it paid for, and mm-hmm. also get a lot of benefits. One of my classmates at Yale She's military, her husband's military, and her, everything is paid for at Yale, and it's not cheap. No, no, it's not. Well, and other things, your IRAs, your retirement plans at work, your 401ks, your 403bs, you got non-retirement income. Sharon, I know that you and Pierce have rental properties Mm -hmm. out there, and that's another way to go to plan for retirement. Thank you, Daddy, (laughs) for showing me the way. Well, and then, you know, other avenues are equity in your home. You yeah. know, a lot of times people don't realize they've got a five, six, seven dollars $700,000 home sitting there generating nothing for them. Right. Well, you know, our first home was a duplex apartment. We built it. We lived in one side, and we rented out the other side, which basically paid our mortgage. Wow. Very smart. Yeah. Very smart. Thank you, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I mean, you've got to start to think about where does the money come from? How much am I going to need to replace? What percentage of that? And then really start to develop that plan out. Right. Okay. Well, let's talk about withdrawal approaches. Yeah. I mean, withdrawing money is a very difficult thing, number one. Another psychology. Another psychological aspect of yes. what we do. Yeah. I mean, when you've worked your whole life, 
saving money. And, you know, people get used to seeing that money grow. Mm-hmm. They love to see it grow. But a lot of times it's very hard to pull it out. And when you start to pull it out, there's risk associated with that. Sure. Okay. And one of those is called sequence of returns risk. And it's really more important during this distribution phase than it is at any other time. And the reason is, is because you're done working. Mm-hmm. You've given up your paycheck and you have no time to recover, but you're taking money out. Right. So think about if you would have retired in 2008. Oh. And you had a million dollars. Let's just use a million dollars. Sure. And, you know, the markets went down about 40%. So your million went to $600,000. Now, you're taking money out all along the way. So now you went to 600000 Let's say you were taking fifty grand out a year for round numbers. So now that year when you're at six hundred, you went down to five fifty, And all along the way, you're continuing to take money out. Well, the market rebounds, but even if the market went up 50%, how much did you go up to? Right. I, I, you only went to six, seven hundred thousand, maybe eight hundred thousand dollars. How many years would it take you to recoup? I know there's a formula. Yeah, for so that. it's called the rule of seventy-two, and it tells you how long it takes right. for your money to double. So if you divide your investment rate of return uh, right. into seventy-two, so if you had eight percent, then it would take nine years for your money okay. to double. But yeah, I mean, so that's the problem, and you get retirees who think, "Oh, I'm going to ride this market out." And they've always done that. It's a buy and hold mentality. I'm going to leave it invested and leave it in. But that sequence of returns risk can make someone, and we've got a whole presentation and charts that we do on this, but that can make you run out of money extremely fast if you hit it on the wrong point. So something else to be concerned about. As if there's not enough already. (laughs) I don't think I'm going to sleep tonight. Oh, sorry, Sharon. (laughs) It's fine. Uh, It's okay. I've got a great financial planner. There you go. That's right. uh, (laughs) His initials are Jeremy Stanley. How's that? (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right. So what's this 4% rule? Well, you know. The 4% rule came out in the 90s. There was a guy that did a lot of work in this area and, and said, you know, what would be a safe withdrawal rate? I mean, he came up with this 4%. Uh, his name was William Bingen. And um, basically what it says is if you've got a million dollars, if you take out $40,000 a year, 4% of that, the likelihood of you running out of money is pretty slim. But there are some limitations with that. One... It doesn't take into account sequence of return risk, okay, which we talked about okay. a little while ago. Two, most people at some point need varying amounts in retirement. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can't tell you how many times people come in and say, you know what, I need an extra $20,000. My car just went on the fritz and I'm going to buy a new car. Or the air condition unit just went out and need eight or ten thousand dollars. So it doesn't really take into account life's what ifs. And there's a lot of those. And there's a lot of those. Especially if you're a homeowner. But it's a good rule of thumb. Okay. And in fact a lot of financial advisors use that to say four to five percent is probably a safe withdrawal rate. But there are other things you need to do. There's something called Monte Carlo simulation analysis that'll run scenarios and statistical-based programs that'll look at your income, your withdrawal rates, and factor in inflation and so forth and give you probabilities of success. But just another way to kind of look at withdrawals. Okay. 
Let's talk about the bucket approach then. The the bucket approach is another way to kind of calculate your withdrawals. A lot of advisors like this. And really what happens is a retiree kind of assigns dollar figures to two or three or four different buckets. You know, we use kind of a three-bucket approach here. So maybe you take a third of the bucket that you've got, or let's say you had a million dollars, you put $333,000 in, and really cash and kind of more of an emergency reserve type fund. You're not going to get a lot on it, but you're not going to lose anything. Okay. Okay. In bucket two, it's more fixed income, bonds. Things are going to return your capital to you, and you're going to get some sort of return along the way. And that's really designated for three to 15 years out. So your your first bucket is your first couple of years, so you don't have that sequence of return risk. The second bucket in fixed income is three to 15 years out. Okay. Okay. And then the last bucket is your growth bucket. And that's where you're putting your equities, maybe your dividend-paying stocks, things that can go down. But that's really money meant for a longer-term horizon, 10, 12, 15 years out, so that if things go kaplunky like they did in 2008 or even at the end of last year, right. we had that 20% sell-off, you're not having to pull out during that downturn. So that's just another approach to withdrawal planning. And people need to understand how these withdrawals work as they're planning for their retirement future because it can make a huge difference. And and being able to generate the income, being able to understand how withdrawals come out and what the risk associated with that is will help answer that question. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the question? I might need a little help here. We've been taping for four hours. (laughs) Am I going to outlive my money? Am I going to outlive my husband? (laughs) That would be no. (laughs) Pierce has got the good genes. Yes, he does. But that's, again, it doesn't matter how much money you've got. That is the number one concern of everyone. And if you're going to give up this goose that laid the golden egg, a.k.a. your career as a CRNA, Mm -hmm. you want to have some reasonable assurity that you're going to be okay. Right. And that's that's the key. Wow. That's very complex. So I know that you guys have got a whole system in place, a five-year checklist for retirement and what you need to be doing at what year. So I know it's a lot of stuff. So why don't you talk about that just briefly? Yeah, so we call it our building blocks, and it's really a five-year checklist to retirement. And actually, one of our CRNA clients helped us come up with this. And it was things that she experienced five years prior to retirement. And what to start thinking about when and when you need to do certain things. And I don't want to go through all this, but we will do. It looks really good. I'm looking over it right now. It's pretty good stuff. I mean, it really really is is, um, comprehensive and it helps you think with clarity through retirement. And again, that five years before retirement is crucial because it helps you understand that nasty B word, Mm -hmm. the budget. Because we do ask our clients to start to really hone in on that budget. If you tell me you need $8,000 a month and we plan for that and then you get into retirement, you've given up your position as a CRNA, you haven't recredentialed, you're done. 
you can't go back and make that, that income. That frightening just listening well, to it. And then you find out that you can't live off of 8000 You need 12000 You're in trouble. So that five-year period, you need to really hone in on what's your number. How much do I need? And along with that, getting your ducks in order. Am I going to go into retirement with a mortgage? Where do we want to live? What type of lifestyle? What kind of travel? Am I on the same page as my partner or my spouse? That's a huge ordeal. Mm -hmm. So many times, spouses or partners have a different viewpoint on what retirement's going to be. You need to have those conversations. And then you can put together a really comprehensive plan that says, okay, I've thought this through. Here's the what ifs that could happen. And I've got a good plan. You'll feel much better about it. This is a really comprehensive list. I'm reading through this right now. It's really good stuff. Do you give lectures on this sometimes, Jerry? We do. We talk about this all the time. This is ah, um, this is great. Speaking of lectures, you know, I am going to be speaking in Banff coming up. Oh, wow. That's how Pierce and I get our travel in. I was going to say, I, maybe I can get on that circuit. I know, right? <laughs> I need to check on this lynn maxi do you know lynn yeah absolutely she's opened up a company called education adventures for crnas there's uh-huh. one coming up going to turks and caicos but lynn didn't ask me to speak at that one uh, she didn't ask me either sharon don't well, feel bad we need to talk to her about that it's at <laughs> beaches sandals i was just looking at i see the mm. picture right here of course i am certainly not bikini ready not even close hey but somewhere warm is much better than what we've had uh, yeah that this will be in november we need to talk to her about this get down there but i'm looking forward to banff i'm just hoping that pierce doesn't pass out hiking up in the <laughs> mountains while we're up there it's a good thing i know cpr that's, that's right can you can say. bring him back well this is a lot of information that we've gotten here it's been great information and after we wrap this up jeremy and i are going to be talking about a couple of things to be sure so do you have any last things you want to add well just want to make sure everybody knows we will put this five-year checklist in the show notes if you want it emailed to you you can always email sharon or i and our information is online and get a copy of that And the last thing I just kind of want to leave you with is for CRNAs, and we know that 50% of you are going to be retiring within the next 10 years. The only thing that I can emphasize to you enough is to have a plan in place for when you get your final paycheck. Yeah. CRNAs are planners. Absolutely. Absolutely. They are. And you know what? Some CRNAs can do this stuff on their own. They're smarter than I am about it. But there are a lot of CRNAs out there that don't have a clue about this stuff. And they really need someone's help. So find someone that you can trust and that has your best interest at heart. Sounds like all good advice. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today, Jerry. I enjoyed this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we'll call this one a wrap. We want to thank you for listening to Beyond the Mask with Jeremy Stanley. Sharon Pierce. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our other episodes on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts at. Leave us a review and tell other people about us. Until next time. Like what you're hearing? Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and everywhere else that streams podcasts. 
Today's show was made possible by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services, customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. And thanks for your support of Beyond the Mask. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment, or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible, and we would appreciate your support. 